my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. So, with this episode, we have come to the last cast member with a birthday in July, and of course, this person in particular, I know with everything going on, it's been going on within this person's life. They're not exactly the most liked person right now, and I understand that. I don't get into deets about that. It's not my business. I don't want to make it my business, but I still wanted to honor this person because they were a cast member on Full House and Fuller House. Of course, that person I'm talking about is Lori Laughlin. She has a birthday on July 28th. Happy birthday, Lori. This episode, The Producer, Season 8, Episode 13, which aired on January 10th, 1995. Danny feels humiliated and quits when Rebecca is promoted to producer of the show. So even though it does kind of sound like a Danny-ish episode, I mean, it is the producer and Rebecca is now the producer. You know, I mean, I can get where Danny's coming from because he's worked at that station when he was a sportscaster and then Rebecca came on and they started Wake Up San Francisco together. So I can understand where Danny might be feeling a bit snubbed. And even Kimmy, you know, when she, she really, like, nobody's trying to say it, but she, of course, is not one to mint. Like, she will... Put the obvious out in the open, where everyone's just trying to be like, that's what I'm saying. And, and Danny, of course, he plays it off like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. But inside, he's crying like a a baby, and it just, yeah. So, but I just, I, I wanted to do this episode. Um, season 8, there are some episodes that are just like, because guys, I do plan to get to every episode in one way or another. With the themes... When I eventually run out of themes, I think I'll just start calling some of these ones I passed over the leftover episodes. We'll see. But, yeah, so it was either The Producer or Leap of Faith. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do The Producer <laughs> this time around. You know what? Next July, I'll, I'll do Leap of Faith. Because there really are not a lot of Becky-centered-ish episodes. Because a lot of the time, it's like her and... and Jesse dealing with the twins and stuff like that. So her other episodes are kind of meant more for other themes that I do have coming in the near future. <clears throat> well, let I want no oh, for heaven's sake. Oh my god. Ugh. Yeah, I got a stack of DVDs right here, and I just knocked this uh, full house DVD case off. I always like, after I read the description on IMDb, I love to read the one on the DVD case and just kind of say well what one did I like better 
Becky gets a promotion Danny has been hoping for, and he's delighted for her. Really, just delighted. I like this one better. I mean, I know mostly IMDb's are more pretty generic, straightforward, and stuff like that, but I don't know. I thought that one kind of it hit the nail on the head there. It really, really did. All right, this episode was directed by James O'Keefe. Writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Diana Darby. Alright. Cool. Do we have any guest stars this episode? Bruce Gold playing Phil Blankman. Let's see, we got Mr. Strobridge played by Richard Paul. He might have an RIP. Yes, he does have an RIP. RIP, Richard Paul. Let's see. Wesley Mann. Now this, I have, oh my goodness. Let's go back here. Because this guy, I've seen him and stuff. He was in an episode of The Golden Girls. He was in an episode of Night Court. Um, Back to the Future 2, he played CPR Kid. CPR Kid? Well, in these episodes, it looks like he's playing a full-fledged adult. How's he playing? I don't know. Uh, Mr. Lively, and, oh, okay, yep, and The Wonder Years, I remember that, because, you know, I covered The Wonder Years, if you guys love The Wonder Years, check out, looking back on my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, that one, unfortunately, is not a clean podcast, so, yeah, alright, but I mainly remember this guy from 1995, he was in the movie Angus. So he's pretty much a one-bit kind of uh, character actor, you know, home improvement, family matters. All right, so surprisingly, there is no trivia for the producer. Here's a goof. Errors made by characters. Okay, this sounds disgusting. DJ's underwear is showing in the kitchen. What? Who put that up there? Take that down. We don't need that on there. If it's showing, then that's whatever but we don't need that on imdb come on now all right let's get to some user reviews oh there's two of them oh so we have of course the ever faithful power man dan actually he lists it he rates this episode a nine out of ten and titles it i feel for danny you know i kind of do a little too until he took it a little too far so this review was published april 28th 2019 Another episode of Jealousy, but is it okay if that person has a right to the envy? Becky gets promoted to producer of Wake Up San Francisco. Danny has been at the station much longer than Becky and feels it should have been him. I do too. Not once do we ever get to see if Becky was a better worker or more qualified for the job. She shoots down his idea of a welcome back cottery union. And in parentheses, he puts, or he or she puts, and a great idea it is. The final straw, and he quits. The family tries to help him patch things up. Subplot one. DJ and Stephanie get into a battle of willpower over who can last without candy. Good luck, girls. <laughs> Subplot two. Nikki and Alex's hankering for junk food hits the fan. What? Three mighty fine plots. One that could use trimmings. But whatever. Okay, of course, the next one, a regular reviewer for uh, Full House every once in a while. Maybe in Full House, Fuller House. Okay. 
8 out of 10, The One with the Producer. This one was published on June 2nd, 2016. Warning, spoilers. But then again, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you've most likely seen the episodes a billion times like I have. So you're not, you know that, uh, you know pretty much everything that's going to happen. So, all right. Get this mic back a little bit. I keep pushing it right up against my mouth and it's like, <laughs> I actually quite like this episode. I don't know if it's because I hate Danny and he gets screwed over in this episode, but regardless, it's a great episode and Danny is just such a tool in this episode. I don't know why he had to get so mad and petty. Yeah, but then again, we know the type of person that Danny is, so are we really surprised by his outlandish behavior? Anyway, okay, back to the review. In this episode, Becky gets promoted to be the producer of her and Danny's talk show. And guess who's not happy? Danny. He feels humiliated. Boo-hoo. And quits. Why couldn't he just be happy for Becky? Because he's a douche. That's why. Eventually, things get better. But I can't get over how much of a douche he was to Becky. Best part of the episode? Nothing in particular. Worst part of the episode? Worst part of this episode, nothing in particular. Overall, I give this episode an 8 out of 10, which in my ratings book is awesome. Yeah. Forgot about that. The candy with DJ and Stephanie. They're trying to uh, see who can outlast each other in the old uh, candy wars. But no, I mean, the whole Nikki and Alex have uh, their junk food what have you, go sky high. I wouldn't call it that necessarily. I mean, they are seen with their own boxes of animal crackers or cookies or whatever. Yeah, Nikki and Alex are sassy this episode. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to that scene where Jesse comes in, the girls are fighting over uh, Stephanie, whether or not she licked a milk dud that DJ put in her gym sock. Ew. <laughs> and Jesse comes in and says that's the last time I take the boys shopping because of course they get to the cookie aisle and the hands are just grabbing boxes off the shelf which what kid doesn't like cookies I mean come on but now I think about it remember that episode where Stephanie was all uh fast friends yeah and Becky had Stephanie watch Nikki and Alex because it's so much easier going shopping without two arm, four arms, like, shooting out at both angles of the shopping cart. Because DJ's like, did you get, I'll get more into it later, but she's like, did you give in? He's like, I said no cookies and I meant no cookies. And you see Nikki and Alex in the doorway. They each have their own box. And he's like, I told you to finish those cookies outside. Next time you do that, you're going to share a box. And, of course, one of the twins is like, yeah, right. <laughs> no, they got him wrapped around his finger. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, of course, before I get into the episode, I always like to let the Tanner newbies, I'd like to welcome you aboard. If this is the first episode you're listening to the podcast, welcome, welcome. And I want to let you know where you can find the podcast, where you're, you can listen to it, which you probably already know where you're, where you're listening to it, but all right. So there, the main one is going to be SoundCloud and then you have your iTunes and then you have your Podbean. from what I've seen. It's on there. 
And then I see on SoundCloud there are many other platforms and outlets that people listen to the podcast, and so that's great. Also, where you can find the podcast on social media, so you can see what episodes I've covered, and even what episodes I'm going to cover, because if you don't know, and you're new, you're a Tanner newbie, I don't cover them in order episode by episode, season by season. That's not how I do it. I do themes. So, in January, I did the Jesse and Becky a Love Story series where I chronicled their first meet-cute, where they first meet all the way up to Fuller House's Love is in the Air, where they renew their vows. So, yeah. I also last... Halloween covered a couple covered a Halloween episode from Full House and Fuller House. Thanksgiving, of course, they did some Full House and Fuller House. Luckily for season five, there is a Thanksgiving episode, so I will be covering that in November. But no Christmas episode. I actually covered all the Christmas episodes between both shows in December, so. I'll be coming up with a different... I, I have a list of all the different themes I'm going to be focusing on between... Uh, you know, between now and the new year. August is going to be Animal Antics in, fu- in Full House. Which is funny now because it's uh, Animal Antics AA in August, which is an A month. I know. I know it's corny. Um, and, of course, September... And mind you, all these episodes are being pre-recorded because, as you know, if you've been listening for a while, I'm in the middle of selling the house, which is hopefully going to go on the markets after July 31st. So, yeah. I just been, I've been so busy. So, so busy. And next month in August is just going to be, that's why I'm pre-recording now. So, yep, Animal Antics, we're going to meet Rocket. The horse, we're going to meet Ginger the monkey, we're going to meet Scruffy the pig, and Shorty the donkey. And in September, Grandparents' Day is coming up, so you know what? I want to give a shout out to the grandparents of Full House. So, I'm going to do the return of Grandma, Granny Tanny, and of course, the I'm going to ball my eyes out, you better make sure you have a box of Kleenex next to you, because you're going to need it. When I cover the last dance, guys, I'm going to be sobbing through that last. Oh, my God. And then, of course, Dave Coulier has a birthday in September. I'll be covering Grand Gift Auto. Uh, Another Full House cast member has a birthday in August 19th. John Stamos, Uncle Jesse. I'm covering, which I think is the perfect episode. Cutting it close, where Jesse finally loses that mullet, which is just as well, honestly. I mean, it was okay at first, but for a while it just, ugh. but yeah, and then October's going to be back to school episodes, and November and December are pretty much up in the air. I got I got my themes, but we'll see, we'll see what ones I want to do. All right, if you like I said, if you're a regular listener, if you guys want to support the podcast, you guys know I don't do Patreon. I don't ask you for money. I don't want your money. I just I I I love just hearing from you guys. Whether you're sending me an email, you're hitting me up on the Facebook Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas 
Full House Fuller House podcast page or the OMHCFHFH podcast on Instagram or Twitter. I just, I love hearing from you guys. It's just amazing how much you guys are enjoying the podcast. So if you guys want to reach out and support in another way by jumping on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leaving a review, that would be amazing. You can just, you know, have fun with it. Use emojis. Describe characters. One user actually did that, and I hope I got, like, the majority of them right. <laughs> also, if you, if you're, like I said, if you're a Tanner newbie, you want to email me, you want to email the podcast, I want to hear about your Full House memories, your Fuller House memories, what characters are your favorite, what moments in Full House stood out for you or meant a lot to you, or which character kind of you related to growing up. You can send me an email, or like I said, hit me up on the, uh, for the podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And the email is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. All right, without further ado, let's jump into Lori Laughlin's birthday episode, Season 8, The Producer. Of course, before we get into the episode officially, we get to see the lovely added scene of the cold open. We're in the kitchen. We got Jesse getting Nikki and Alex's lunches ready for preschool because they're in preschool. The whole family's coming down. We got Joey. We got DJ. We got Steph. So I gotta say, by season eight, Jesse's sideburns just look really. They look scraggly. Like you really should kind of. And I, I'm not a guy, so I don't know, you know, the proper maintenance for sideburns. I just, like, just cut that scraggliness. And he's like, hey, you girls want some cereal? And, of course, they still have them, too. There's many variations of the smaller, tiny boxes. Now they even have some. And I like to get these when I don't want a full box of cereal. They're just a, a cup of cereal. I've been getting, like, uh, Cheerios or uh, Life Cereal. Uh, where are some of the... C Captain Crunch was another one. Frosted Mini Wheats, Fruit Loops, Apple Jack, that kind of stuff. I haven't seen the Corn Pops yet with that, but um, I was just thinking, like, some of the cereals I've just really never been a fan of. Frosted Flakes is one of them, and I just, even as a kid, I just, I don't, I don't like it. But one cereal I have not had, I swear, in years is Wheaties. I literally cannot remember the last time I ever had Wheaties. It's been so, so long. But it seems like Corn Flakes and Wheaties are two of the cereals that just get so soggy. That one and I think even Fruity Pebbles is another, they're just, er, Rice Krispies, too, is another one. It's just, they don't... You know what we need? Remember, if you've seen National uh, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, remember how, how Clark Griswold was coming up with that lucrative cereal varnish that helps make the, the cereal, like, stay, like, crisper and milk longer? Why? And that came out in 89. That is, like, 31 years ago, almost. Why do we not have that? People, people, scientists, get on the lucrative cereal varnish. We need to have our cereal crispier and milk longer. Simple as that. Simple as that. 
So Jesse's got one, two, three, four. He's got five boxes. He's like, all right, we got your puffs. So clearly he's talking about Cocoa Puffs. Pops, you got your Corn Pops. Honey Smacks, which used to be called Sugar Smacks, kind of like um, Honey Crisp or Golden Crisp used to be called Sugar Crisp, you know, back in the 80s. Sugar Bear. I see Corn Pops. Of course, Joey is like, there's only one thing I eat in the morning to get my day started, and that is vanilla weasels. It's like one of those, you know, during the holidays, you walk into a grocery store, and they have those big, like, metal tins of, like, three different flavors of popcorn. It's pretty much that. He's like, this is how uh, I get my day started. And he opens it. And nothing, it's, it's pretty light when he lifts it. I'm like, wow, this is light. Pulls the top off. It's like, what? There's like nothing. It, it, the thing is big enough, he can probably stick his face in there. <laughs> there's a joke about that in a minute. <laughs> and there's nothing but empty little wrappers that look like little uh, muffin um, liners. That is a cool, it says Vanilla Weasels, and it is the coolest looking tin. It's yellow. It's got a red band. I know, you guys are like, oh, you look like red. <laughs> I do. Um, it's got a red band uh, around the top and the bottom of the tin, and it just says Vanilla Weasels. It's got a cute little weasel looking face that looks like a skunk, because it's got you know, the black fur with the white, you know, stripe and the beady, scary, glowy eyes. Why couldn't they do a, a better, I mean, it's an okay rendering, but I just think, oh my gosh, I'm just thinking of the perfect picture, right? Wait, let me look up what a, a weasel looks like. Because when I think weasel, I'm thinking Who Framed Roger Rabbit, those, like, um, gangster weasels. I don't want them on the, that vanilla weasel tan tin, but... Oh! This is the cutest. Look at this weasel. It's so cute. It's got like, it's got like amber colored fur on top, and it's got a nice light blaze like starting from the bottom of his chin and going all the way down to the underneath his belly and through his back legs. It's a cute. Oh, that one's. Eh. But this one's adorable. I can just see them like having a weasel like on the tin that's like a cartoon character and he's like chomping on weasel he's chomping up weasels weasel chomping on weasels no he's chomping on vanilla weasels yeah he's like this supposed to like you know i mean i can imagine like all the cartoon characters that we all know that are serial mascots you got tony the tiger you got sam toucan sam Let's see, what are their other animals? Um, there is Honey Bear. There is the Diggum Frog. See, I think a lot of them, you see them with a spoon in their own cereal that they're representing. It's like, I just think that would be so cute. And these, these vanilla weasels, they're basically like cookies. They're like cookies. It's not a cereal. It's just a, a, a metal tin with, with well... We never actually get to see the physical feature of a weasel because there's nothing but crumbs in that tin. But yeah, I would. Now I'm not the hugest, greatest drawler in the world. I will admit that. But I am tempted to be committed to drawing. 
I gotta save a picture of that adorable weasel. Oh my gosh, he is the cutest. But I think maybe, oh my gosh, what, I could do something similar to that where I could try to draw one. Oh my gosh, I could just think like in a little, uh, a little like smoking jacket type of thing, like robe and just with like a little like um, a bubble pipe or something like that. And then like a, a little Sherlock Holmes, like, oh my God, like the great mouse detective. Oh my gosh, I could, I could draw that and just have him like eating like a little vanilla weasel and or hold it like an arm around like the tin with the top off and like the arm inside of it beautiful beautiful million dollar idea i think so if anyone wants to draw this adorable weasel in the outfit i just described to you either looking like sherlock holmes or in a smoking jacket either or with the vanilla weasel tin do it just and, and email it to me at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And I will post it on the Facebook, the Instagram. And just I just think that would be the cutest thing. There's nothing. You'd think, okay, when he pulls it out of the cupboard, you'd think he'd feel like there's, like, next to nothing in here. Or absolutely nothing. All there is is, like, it's like muffin wrappers. Joey's like, my weasels. Who ate my weasels? And, of course... Both DJ and Stephanie at the kitchen table are all like, cheated! I love that pitcher of milk. That is the coolest idea. Which really, only a pitcher of milk would only work for like a family of their size. Oh, I see the pops. Oh, Stephanie's like opening the smacks. I think I see the diggum frog there. They're like, I did? You did. And DJ's like, come on, stuff. you're eating, like, three at a time. And it's like, how would you know your head was, like, in burying in, buried in the tin? This is where the bet comes in. Because DJ's like, what, you think I have no self-control? And Stephanie's like, you know, I bet you can go one day without sweets. And it's like, huh, you're on. This is an interesting bet. I don't know if I mentioned to you guys a while ago that for Lent one year, I managed to give up pop for the course of three months. I haven't ever tried to attempt that again, but I succeeded for that time. And I was just so amazed with the determination. And of course, DJ's like, you know, I could go a lot longer than you. So she's like, first one to even eat, lick, or nibble a sweet has to do... The others charge for at least a week. I mean, it's like, it's a bet, Sarah Lee. Like, you're on, Mrs. Fields. <laughs> so, yeah, Sarah Lee, I know definitely a lot, like, pies and stuff like that when I see in the grocery. Mrs. Fields, I think, referring to, like, uh, the cookie franchise. Maybe they bring, Mrs. Fields is branched out to, like, not just cookies, maybe brownies and stuff like that. Is it just me, or is this cup that's sitting on the table, it's basically a drinking cup, but it's, it's enormous. It's really, really huge. So, Joey's just like, well, this is fine and good for you both, but I still happen to be weaselless. So, Jesse's like, don't worry, Joey, I will hook you up with your delicious weasels. I will put them on the list. I'm taking the boys shopping. Jesse goes, Joey, sugar gut. So, Joey's like, thanks. And as he turns away, he says, black licorice hair. I never, <laughs> I don't think, and all the times I've seen this episode, I've never heard those insults traded between Jesse and Joey. 
It's funny how I learn something new whenever I rewatch these episodes for the podcast. So, Becky normally is the one that does the grocery shopping. And she's like, well, I hope you stick to the list this time. Because last time I sent you for eggs, you came back with slinkies. Of course, Nikki or Alex, whichever one, one's wearing my favorite color, red. The other one's wearing my second favorite color, blue. And whichever one is like, we like shopping with daddy. Like, of course you do, because he lets you get stuff. But then again, I also can attest to the fact that, oh my gosh, when my dad and I went shopping when I was probably like eight, and my sister was there too, we were in line to check out, and I had gotten this uh, Oliver and Company coloring book, and my dad's like, no, you can't get that. And then we're in the car, and he's like, how did you get that? I had slipped it on the conveyor belt towards the end of the groceries, and he was none the wiser. I'm like, you, you got it for me. It's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, yeah, you did. I put it on the conveyor belt. My sister's like, yeah, I saw her do it. I still remember the time they had, like, dum-dum suckers in a bowl at the end of, you know, where the you bag the groceries and everything. And my dad's like, in, we're in the car. And I'm, like, a teenager at this point. He's like, where'd you get that sucker? I'm like, it was free. It's there at the end of the... The, the thing, you know, you just, it's there. You take it. It's free. They even said, take a sucker. And uh, Redcoat Twin is like, he buys us everything. I'm sure your daddy does. I mean, they're not level, Michelle level spoiled, but give it, give it some more seasons and I'm sure they'll be there. I mean, didn't their parents buy them a fish taco truck in Fuller House? I mean, you know those twins don't got money. <laughs> They even said they're going to move in with mom and dad in Fuller House. They're moving back in. Ugh. So, of course, Jesse's, oh, no, no, the boys, they're exaggerating. And, of course, Blue Coat Twin is like, can we have a pony? No, you should have been here for the rocket event, the horse. Yeah. Oh, they'll be there for the shorty, the donkey, so there's your pony. <laughs> They even bring it up on the very last episode when they're all watching, uh, waiting for Michelle to show up for, um, the equestrian contest. And Jesse's like, only if it's on sale, son. And that's the cold open as he hands them their lunchboxes. Those lunchboxes remind me of when McDonald's had the little lunchboxes that were pretty much right around the same size. And I thought it was right around, like, Halloween, like, in... Hold on. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the one on eBay here. It's from 1988, Vintage Plastic McDonald's Lunchbox. And it's got, like, an image, like, carved into it. And it's got a sticker on the front that has... It's a school setting with Ronald McDonald. You got Grimace. You got Birdie. You got the the Fry Guys. You got, uh... The Hamburglar all hanging out there. And I just, because I was looking at, I want to say 1985. I was like, no, I only would have been like three. I had to have, it had to have been older where I would remember having it. And yeah, so 1988, yeah, I would have been six. Wow. $2.75 plus $8.61 shipping. Or if you want to buy it now, it's only four bucks plus $8.61 shipping. All right, so I'm going to play this clip. Hey, morning. Morning. 
Just want some cereal? Yes, please. All right, we got your, uh, we got your puffs, we got your uh, pops, we got some sort of smacks, we got everything here. There's only one thing I want for breakfast: vanilla weasels, the most delectable cookie ever created. <laughs> So we come out of the intro, we're in the kitchen, it looks like Becky's pouring her, you know, getting her breakfast ready, probably waiting for Danny, I'm sure they most likely, they live in the same house, they may as well just take the same vehicle to work, right, they carpool every day. So Danny comes down with Michelle, and it's like, oh Michelle, you look so, dressed so nice today. And Michelle says how today is bring your daughter to work day, and I love how Becky's like, yeah, I grew up on a farm. Every day was bring your daughter to work day. So Danny's like, Michelle, you should be very excited because today you get to see what your dad really does on the set of Wake Up San Francisco. And I'm with Michelle. It's like all she's seen you do when she even, if she even watches, you know, when she sees you on television is sit in a chair and drink coffee and talk. Danny's like, oh, sweetheart, no, no, no. That's only in front of the camera, behind the camera. Donuts. And I'm like, you had me at donuts. Let's go. So, of course, Danny's like, oh, don't worry. You know, today you're going to see a lot of stuff that's going to make you really proud that your dad's a talk show host. And I love Michelle. She's like, I'm already proud, but I'll come for the donuts. Morning. Morning. Well, Michelle, don't you look beautiful? <laughs> Thank you, Aunt Becky. I'm going to work with Dad because it's bring your daughter to work day. I grew up on a farm. Every day was bring your daughter to work day. Michelle, you should be very excited because today you're going to get a chance to see what your dad really does at Wake Up San Francisco. Don't you just talk and drink coffee? Yeah, really. Sweetheart, that's only in front of the camera. But behind the camera, there's donuts. <laughs> Don't worry, honey. You're going to see a lot of stuff that's going to make you very proud to be the daughter of a talk show host. I'm already proud, but I'll come for the donuts. So I was noticing Michelle's outfit. I can't tell if this is like um like it's red or it's fuchsia looking, just the lighting in that particular spot. I, I don't know. But anyway, it's kind of the neckline, the collar is embroidered with like this white um 
like crocheted little flowers that go along the uh the collar and I'm just like eh. but she's wearing like red soft and white shoes so she of course is coordinating she's also got thank goodness I mean I don't know how much they still do scrunchies with Michelle but she's actually wearing a headband I didn't like head especially the plastic headbands as a kid I didn't like those. I didn't like they on the inside of the headband it had like little bumps or ridges or whatever or little rivets that would like like kind of get me in the scalp and it's just like half the time it's like you'd have to keep adjusting it to make sure it's not going too far back on your head and it's just a real pain. I love how Michelle's holding a little uh, memo notebook with a pen. It just makes me think like, oh, how Nan Nancy drew of her. <laughs> All right, let's get to the studio. So it looks like they're wrapping up the show. We got Bernie, who's a cameraman. Of course, he's multitasking because not only is he running the camera with just his arm like on the top of it, like it's an armrest and he's the other hand, he's eating a donut. So Becky's kind of giving everyone a heads up of what's going to be on tomorrow's show, Doggy Makeovers. And I love the joke that Danny tells here. Danny says, we're going to make a 12-year-old schnauzer look eight. And that's too much for Bernie because as he's got a mouthful of donut, he's like, <laughs> and Michelle actually has to whack him on the back. Oh, I'm sorry, he wasn't operating a camera. What's wrong with me? No, if he were operating the camera, he'd only be getting, because he's offset. He's just, like, right on the edge of the set. Okay, he's got his arm on uh, the side of the set there. Okay, he's just kind of, like, leaning against the side. All right, cool. He's got a hammer that's just hanging on a belt loop for what he's probably, like, works with the set or something. Michelle's just hanging out with him, watching offside. Yes, guys. Please don't ever laugh with food in your mouth. That's how bad things happen. But then again, maybe it's best not to laugh when you have liquids in your mouth either. So many embarrassing, oh, I love so hard, I shall pop out my nose or had a coughing fit. I've been known to do, <laughs> I'll like be drinking something and I hear something funny and I laugh and <laughs> Oh my gosh. Then I, I wind up like with the hiccups or something. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. One-handed Heimlich. Good for you, girl. Well, she didn't actually do the Heimlich, but just a whack to the back and bing, bang, boom. That piece of donut is out of there. It's out of his system. So this is really cute, of course. It's like, I'm Rebecca Donaldson and I'm Danny Tanner telling you to have a great day. And they look at each other, I was going to say that. Oh, you. And it's just, their chemistry is so, they've been working together for six years. Because she joined, you know, they did Wake Up San Francisco in season two. So, yeah. So, Michelle, since uh, the cameraman's like, cut, okay, we're clear. Michelle comes out on the set and says, Daddy, you were so funny. You made Bernie choke on his bear claw. <laughs> Daddy's like, well, honey, I do a lot more around here than just make Bernie choke. Danny apparently suggested the company switch to decaf. And he suggested the weekly fire drill. Okay, that's a bit excessive. Weekly fire drills? I'd say maybe every three to six months tops. But weekly? No. 
And he also suggested the suggestion box. How many people are really taking that seriously? Oh, here's another suggestion for Danny. What's this one say? We're all out of toilet seat covers in the bathroom again. Oh, boy. So Michelle is just basking in Danny's glory. It's just, wow, you're so great, Dad. You think of everything. And he's like, well, not everything. I mean, the, another man invented television. <laughs> I can't take credit for that. <laughs> oh, here comes the sun. The sun's coming out, maybe for a few seconds. Because when I woke up this morning, it was cloudy. So, uh, Becky came over with her coffee. like, oh, Michelle, what'd you learn about your dad's job? Michelle's like, that he shouldn't talk while Bernie's eating a donut. Or just eating in general. So this is the first drop of Danny's idea. Hold on of the Welcome Back Cotter reunion. So, Welcome Back, Cotter ran from 75 to 79. There's 95 episodes, four seasons. All right. Of course, we have Ron Palelio as Arnold Horshack, because that's one person that um, Danny brings up, Horshack. Vinny Barbarino, of course, played by John Travolta. Oh, the late Marcia Strassman. Who was in the first two Honey, I Shrunk a Kid movies. She plays Julie Cotter. Oh my, so is she playing, hold on a second. Okay, so he's born in 45, she was born in, okay, so maybe she played his wife. Definitely didn't play his daughter. So he was born in 45 and she was born in 48. Okay, so we got Epstein, played by Robert Haggis. This the name sounds familiar. Maybe not. No, it doesn't. Alright, of course we got Lawrence Hilton Jacobs. Freddie Boom Boom Washington. Now, the reason I'm familiar with this guy here, 1992 TV movie Jackson's An American Dream about the forming of the Jackson 5 and Michael Jackson's childhood growing up in Gary, Indiana. Such a good movie. I am going to cover it uh, next year for the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast, along with Selena LaBamba and Cole Miner's daughter. So check those out. Let's see. Um, Vernie Watson. Oh my gosh, she played Will Smith's mom on Fresh Prince. She plays Verna Jean Williams. I'm just trying to see if there's anyone in here I would recognize. Ellen Travolta, Mrs. Horshack O'Hara. Okay. Any other names here? All right. No. It makes sense. I mean, this is 95, and look, Welcome Back, Cotter. I almost said Looking Back, Cotter. Um, that would have come out in 75, so it's right around a 20-year reunion. I mean, heck, that's what, you know, but in the early aughts, you know, we are all about, and even now, you know, re reunions of TV shows, and there's remaining stars and everything like that so that's just it sounds like a really cool idea i mean kind of bucking you know the what is, it? is that bucking the trend actually no that's not bucking i'm sorry um no i can't even think of what the term is for you like jumping on the bandwagon is more like something that's already started and you're jumping on that bandwagon like 
three years after Glee started, I was jumping on the Glee bandwagon by, uh, in 2012. Um, just kind of like, oh, also another one late, late to the party and stuff. But I thought there's another term for like kicking off a trend or something. And I can't think of what that is right now. And, and Becky's like, oh, you mean that TV show from the 70s? He's not that much younger than Danny, give or take, what, maybe four or five years? So she says, you know, it's a cute idea, but I don't think you would like. So basically at this point, Danny is just kind of conferring with her and just tossing ideas around. What do you think about this? You know, we're, you know, partners in the show and everything. He's just throwing ideas around. That's all. It's like, what do you think? Maybe he'll go for it. And she's like, I don't think he will. I'm like, we'll take it to him. The worst thing you could say is no. I mean, Mr. Strawbridge is definitely old enough to remember Welcome Back, Cotter. Think about it. If they did that, they could be the show that starts the trend of TV show reunions. And they could be like, well, well uh, Wake Up San Francisco was the one that started that trend. I mean, think about it. That would be good for them. So Mr. Strawbridge, of course, doesn't take any of... He doesn't say, come with me to my office. I have something I like to discuss with you, personnel changes. Because Michelle is right there. Of course, he, like, pats her on the head as he comes up to her. And of course, when a person hears personnel changes, like, I have to talk to you about, and especially if it's coming from your boss, I would start to get a little nervous. Like, what, what, what do you mean by that? And, of course, Strawbridge is, Donaldson, I have to speak with you for a moment. Danny is a little nervous, like, oh, I hope you're not thinking of getting rid of Rebecca. And she looks at him like, uh, I hope not, too. I mean, it's like, she's technically the breadwinner in, uh, you know, her and Jesse's marriage. She's the one bringing in the majority of the money and stuff. It's like, we can't live off uh, what the Smash Club brings in and what Jesse brings in from the radio show. Granted, we don't have to pay rent for that uh, attic apartment that we live in, but we do have two four-year-old boys that are continuing to grow every day and need you know, tons of food and clothes on their backs and all that stuff. And Danny's like, yeah, sure, sir. She's beautiful. She's witty. She's charming. It's like he's, he, Danny's, you know, going to bat for Rebecca. Like, don't fire her. It's like, well, he did say, I'm thinking of making some personnel changes. Odds, I mean, isn't that going to be the first thing you think, like, who's getting let go? Danny's like, you, you couldn't do a better job than Rebecca here. He's like, exactly. I know that. That's why I'm making her the new producer of Wake Up San Francisco. Just, this just seems so wildly inappropriate. Why would you do that? They both work together. This is going to create such friction. I think it would have been better, like, hey, come to my office. I have something to discuss with you. And then that way Rebecca can break the news to Danny. Because Danny's like, her? You're going to make her the producer? Becky's like, oh my gosh, Mr. Strawbridge, this is such a surprise. And she shakes his hand. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, so you'll accept. And Danny's like, her? And of course, Mr. Strawbridge is like, don't worry, Tanner. She'll still be your co-host. Apparently, she gets an office or a new office that has a view of Alcatraz. Okay. So, Strawbridge leads Rebecca away. And Michelle's like, Daddy, what does a producer do? So, Danny is just, like, trying not to cry. 
like, oh, honey, well, she gets to uh, make all the decisions. Who to hire and who to fire. I thought that's Mr. Strowbridge's job. He's technically still Rebecca's boss, even though he upped her position. Of course, she gets the key to the suggestion box. Uh-huh. Oh, Michelle. She said, oh, and I thought you had a cool job. Ooh, don't kick him while he's down. That about wraps up another show. <laughs> Join us tomorrow for dog makeovers. Where we're going to make a 12-year-old schnauzer look eight. suggested the suggestion box, which was really tough at the time because there was no place to put that suggestion. You think of everything. Well, not really. Actually, it was an open television. Oh, Michelle, what'd you learn about your dad's job? He shouldn't talk while Bernie's eating. <laughs> you know what, Becky? I have a great idea for next week's show. Why don't we do a Welcome Back Connor reunion? Oh, you mean the, the TV show from the 70s? Yeah. Well, that's a cute idea, but... I don't know. I don't think Mr. Strowbridge would like it. Tanner, Donaldson. Mr. Strowbridge. I've been thinking of making some personnel changes around here. Donaldson, I need to speak with you for a moment. Uh, mm -hmm. sir, I hope you're not thinking of getting rid of Rebecca. Yeah, I hope not, too. Yeah, sir, she, she's, she's beautiful, she's witty, she's charming. There's absolutely no one better. Exactly. And that's why I'm making her the new producer on Makeup San Francisco. Her? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mr. Strowbridge, I don't know what to say. This is such a surprise. Thank you. <laughs> now, don't worry, Tanner. She'll still be your co-host. Donaldson, let me show you to your new office. It has a lovely view of Alcatraz. <laughs> Daddy, what does a producer do? Well, um, sweetie, she, uh, she gets to make all the important decisions. You know, who to hire and who to fire. You know the suggestion box? She, uh, she gets the key. And I thought you had a cool job. Alright, so it looks like it's the end of the school day. Stephanie is at the kitchen table doing her homework. I love her glasses here. Because they're more like wire rims. Compared to, or kind of golden specked wire rims. Compared to the glasses that she picked out in Stephanie Gets Framed. So DJ's like, well, 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 how was school today? Any sweet temptations? And Stephanie, of course, takes off her glasses and looks at DJ like, I know what you did. And says, you might say that. Somebody slipped some milk duds into my gym sock. And DJ's like, really? Who could have done such an underhanded yet brilliant thing? As Stephanie pulls out the sock with the milk duds. Count them. They're all there. None have been nibbled on at all. And she says, this one appeared. She's like counting them. Because Stephanie's like, count them. They're all there. She goes to count them. She's like, this one appears to have been licked. Like, I don't think so. This is where Jesse comes in with two cloth bags of groceries 
He's like, this is the last time that I ever take Nikki and Alex shopping with me. It's like, well, everything's going along fine until we hit the cookie aisle. So the kids start grabbing every cookie. Jesse actually tells them no. He puts his foot down. But then they start screaming like banshees. And everyone's looking at him like he's Freddy Krueger. Stephanie's like, uh, so did you give in? He's like, I said no cookies and I meant no cookies. Cut to the doorway. Nikki and Alex each have a box of cookies. He's like, I told you to finish those out in the yard. The next time you pull a stunt like that, you're uh, you're gonna share a box. And one of the twins is like, yeah, right. <laughs> those boxes are empty. The way the red jacket twin is swinging that box around by the uh, by the flap, it's like there's nothing in that box. And why can't they share a box? Why do they each have to have their own? I get it, there's two of them. But, and he's like, <laughs> the twins. Like, yeah, right. You need to stomp out that, uh, that little problem there. Because it's only going to get worse as they get older. So Joey comes down wearing red and black flannel. He's like, hey, Jess, did you get my vanilla weasels? And... And Jess is like, no, sorry. I mean, they don't make them anymore. It's like, but I got you these chocolate badgers instead. A box of chocolate badgers. Just a box, not a giant metal tin. Joey could polish that box off in like a night. Because he's got no self-control when it comes to, you know, sweets, snacks. Joey is like, instead, Jess, there is no instead. So for Joey, this... We Vanilla Weasels runs deeper than just, it's not just a cookie for me. It's a lifetime of childhood memories. You know, my mom would took me in at night and give me a glass of milk and a, and a chocolate, or uh, chocolate, and, and a Vanilla Weasel, and, and she'd read me a story. And it's just, those are the food memories he clings to. And... I guess I've been there multiple times with Joey to the point where it's like I have to just face the fact that either I stock up the one thing I like that's new because I know or I love the limited time things, limited edition things all the time. Love them. And you know they're not going to be here for very long. So it's like let me get, I'll get one to try and then if I like it I'll get like two or three more boxes. Make sure I get the farthest expiration date humanly possible. Some of the things that, uh, one of the things in particular that came around a couple years ago that was limited edition, it's the Cheetos, they're like cinnamon sugary, like they look like a, they're egg shaped and they're really, really good. And all of a sudden, this year, I mean, every year around Easter, I'd always check, like, do they got them, do they got them? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh, they got them, they got them! And I'm like, I'm getting two bags. One item in particular that was limited edition was Hudsonville's ice cream called Graham, Graham Central Station. It was Graham Cracker flavored ice cream with ribbons of Graham Cracker and other things. And it was just so good, and all of a sudden, it just wasn't there anymore. So I actually had the gall, and I wasn't nasty about it either. I just asked, like, oh, I actually emailed them, 
And I'm like, oh, I noticed that they don't have it on the shelves anymore. Did it get discontinued? Because a lot of the times, you know, with things like that, sometimes they're limited edition. Or if they're not, they're a new item. And they just, you know, it's kind of a pass or fail thing, depending on. And I like to say... I call myself the 1% when a particular item that I like is just, boom, it's gone. I'm like, I was that 1% that was buying this product. And, and, some, and, and sometimes like, oh, well, it'll be here, it'll be here. And then I won't buy it for a bit, like a couple months, whatever. And then I'll go back and I'm like, oh, gosh, I really want that. And it'll be gone. So I'm always like, I'm the 1% that buys this. And then I don't buy it for a while. I'm like, well, no one's buying it. Bye. You know, yeah. I remember the time I was 17 or 8, no, I was 17, and I was uh, working as a bagger at Family Fair. And I hadn't had Hawaiian punch since I was a little kid. And I had, they had like cans of it there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a Hawaiian punch on my break. There, I don't know even really what you would call it this, but it's like a food flashback where it's like you haven't had something in so so many years, I mean, since you were a kid, like, maybe 15, 10 years, whatever, and then you go to eat or drink something, and it's like, instantly, your mind flashes back to, like, probably the last time you had that, and I don't even know what to call those. I like to think of it like a, a foodie flashback or something like that, but honestly, we can all say that we've been there, whether it's Food that we like that gets discontinued, whether it's a certain product we like to use that they don't make anymore, and especially if it's something that's become routine, like I always, like, every other week I go and grab this, and all of a sudden it's like, well, I need to go pick this up, and all of a sudden it's like, they don't make it anymore. Um, one last example. Back in 2008, or no, 2007, around November, around Thanksgiving, Dr. Pepper came out with, and I'm sure you guys are like, oh, that sounds nasty. Diet Dr. Pepper cherry chocolate drink. Oh my God. So I, by November, I was like, oh yeah, I was going to find it anywhere. March and April of 2008, I was, I was literally driving wherever I could to get a 12 pack of that pop. Like literally. So I looked on eBay for funsies, you know, since it's been like 13 years. They have an empty can for two bucks that you can buy. An empty can of Dr. Pepper Dyed Cherry Chocolate Limited Edition. And you can pay $6.25 for shipping. And, okay, the last, very, very last thing that I still cannot get over. 2011, I'm getting pretzel crisps. And Meyer had this special dip called Seafood Cheese Dip. And it was, oh. And then it's like, oh, how many years has it been? Nine years later, they still, they, I think they stopped making it in 2012 or something because I could not find it anywhere. And it's like, it's not like a product you can find like at any other store. It's specifically minor brand. And she's like, oh my god. And every every once in a while, I like get my hopes up. I'll just look over there amongst all the hummus and the feta cheese dip and everything. Like, do you think they made No, no. It's it's like a dream that is just it's moved on. And even my coworker Ricky, when I was telling him, I was like, Angela, it's gone. You need to move on. 
I love how Joey slings an arm around Jesse's shoulder and it's like, kind of like, you come here. I'm going to tell you a story. This is Joey flashback time. This is another childhood memory of Joey's that isn't seeped in sadness. Oh, his mom would sing him the score to South Pacific. So it looks like South Pacific was a movie from in 1958. Two and a half hours long. Oh, those guys look nice with all their shirts on. Those sailors. Woo. Uh, on a South Pacific island during World War II, love blooms between a young nurse and a secretive Frenchman who's being courted for a dangerous military mission. Is he Gaynor? Is she related to... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Zsa Gabor. Never mind. All right. Let's... I wonder what he... Um... So there's the songs of South Pacific here. We got Bloody Mary. We got There Is Nothing Like a Dame. Bali Ha. A cockeyed optimist. Twin soliloquies. In parentheses, wonder how it feels. Some enchanted evening. D-I-T-E-S-M-O-I. So D-T Moy. I'm gonna wash that man right out of me. Oh, I know. Okay, no, I know that um, that song. I've heard it before. A wonderful guy, younger than springtime. Act one finale. Happy talk. Honey bun. My girl back home. You've got to be in parentheses. Carefully taught. The near this nearly was mine. Ditty Moy. Anchors away. U.S. Marine Corps. Him. So, I mean, I can definitely see, out of all the songs they listed, I can definitely see Joey's mom. Because we do, we're going to meet her in Return of Grandma in season one in September. So I can definitely see her singing, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. And in my mind, I'm kind of envisioning, like, how Joey's dad and his mom met. Because I think in a way that maybe, in my mind, this is just me thinking, I think that Joey's mom was, like, a stand-up comic back in the, you know, in the early days. And she was, like, kind of playing uh, the nightclubs and stuff like that. Kind of like, you know, Joey. And... Colonel Gladstone, who was already in the army at that time, maybe early on, had come in, you know, for a drink and everything, and then he sees her up on stage, you know, her jokes make him laugh, he hangs around after her set, they get to talking and all of that, and they fall in love and have Joey, and then, you know, they move around a lot, and, you know, they end up separating, and I could see her singing this song to Joey, as a kid going to be just thinking of, you know, her ex, Colonel Gladstone. I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. Because in the Miracle Thanksgiving episode, Joey says his dad is already on his third or fourth wife after Joey's mom. I'm like, my good golly. So Joey's like, just those were some enchanted evenings. And Jesse's like, you know, Joe, I can definitely see through these memories you're sharing with me, why you are the way you are. So Michelle, Danny, and Becky come in, and Michelle's like, guess what? And Joey's like, yeah, I know, there's no weasels. 
Like, no. Aunt Becky's a new producer of Wake Up San Francisco. Everyone, of course, is congratulating Becky. That, you know, that's what you do. You, you, you congratulate someone when they get good news. And I like what Becky does here. She's like, I couldn't even believe it when Mr. Sherbridge told me. I mean, honestly, Danny, because Danny's right there. It's like, Danny deserves it more than me. I mean, he's been there longer than me. I like she at least acknowledges that, that she understands you like, definitely. I mean, I don't see why you picked me. I mean, Danny's been there longer. Danny was like, oh, don't be so modest, Miss Producer. I think it's great. And Danny, of course, he's just, this is his mask. This is, I'm happy for you mask. So Jesse, of course, is like, hey, I'm taking everyone out for dinner. We're going to sell it. Yeah, this is definitely, you get the whole family together. You go out to eat. This is a celebrate this is a promotion this is a big big deal here comes kimmy with her pink long sleeve shirt and then she's got her overalls that got like different uh like patch colors in them so like yeah it's a tanner convention <laughs> and dj's like yeah aunt becky was just made producer of wake up san francisco and of course kimmy latches on to the idea is like, whoa! She's like, wow, what a burn! You know how she and Danny heckle each other, and she's like, I'm just gonna... She goes over to Danny, she can see it agitates him, and he's bothered by this, so she's just gonna like... Oh yeah, I'm gonna push this as far as I can. Mr. T, working for Mrs. Hairboy. <laughs> and even Kimmy points out, you've been doing that show longer than she has. And they just pass you by. Boom! <laughs> Bam! <laughs> Danny's just got his arms crossed. Hmm, I'm not gonna let you get to me, Gibbler. Tall string being left standing out in the dust. Okay, I love the, the lines are given to Kimmy. She's like, this must be gnawing on you like a starving rat in a Cheeto factory. Oh my god. That is that is the best. I love that. Of course, Danny's like, oh, Kimmy, you can be more off. I am very happy for Rebecca. Oh, I'm sure there is a, a part of him that is happy. And he probably is. But right now, he's masking his hurt by just plastering on a smiley, happy face and pretending everything's fine. When something's not fine with me, I'm like, oh, yeah. Fine, yeah, uh -huh. and there, like people can tell, like, no, what's really? How are you really feeling? Because your face pretty much is telling an entirely different story. You say you're fine, but honestly, what are you really feeling? I'm trying to remember one of the things that was done, whether it might have been the bathroom floor or it was something that was done to with us. Doing uh, um, you know, all this house stuff, and they're like, "Oh, how's it look?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's fine." It's like, "Well, your face is telling me a different story. What's wrong?" So I just, I gotta learn to be a bit more. I don't just say it's fine just because you don't want to, you know, confrontation. Like, yeah, I need to just be, be honest and like speak up and just like, no, I know you don't want to, you know. Because the customer's got to be satisfied, and I, I get that. It's just, I don't like, and it's not really, I, it, it's not confrontation, technically. You're just, yeah, well, whatever. He's like, I feel proud. I feel great. As he goes into the living room and shuts the 
swinging door and says, I feel like a big, tall string being left standing out in the dust. Then, I get it, he doesn't want to rain on everyone's parade, because everyone's happy, Becky's happy, she's on top of the world right now. Danny just doesn't want to, you know, ruin this. He doesn't want to ruin him by admitting what he's really feeling. Danny's coming down the stairs. He's got a legal pad with him, probably filled with different ideas. Becky's on the couch going through the notes probably that she's been given. Now that she's a producer, of course she's going to have a lot more added responsibility. 
She's like, hey, Danny, how's it going? He's like, oh, I couldn't be better. I, I mean better. <laughs> so she's like, great, sit down. We'll go over the schedule for next week's shows. So there's an issue with Thursday's show. Apparently, Alfie the Talking Seal canceled. Aww. Danny's like, laryngitis? No, apparently he got booked on Letterman. Well, good for Alfie the Talking Seal. He'll get more exposure. I bet Alfie the Seal would have an Instagram page, a YouTube channel now, a Twitter, all that stuff. So Danny feels this is a great opportunity to kind of wedge in, you know, coming back to his, you know, reunion special idea of Welcome Back, Cotter. And of course, Becky is really hesitant. He's like, he's like, I don't know, Danny. And he's like, oh, come on. It was your classic all-American high school sitcom. Like, hey, remember Horshack? Oh, oh, oh. And he also does an impression of Washington, or who was played by Lawrence Hilton Jacobs. And I can't, I can't do this imitation. Mr. Kata, Mr. Kata, Mr. Kata. I can't. <laughs> That's what I was going to get. But I'm like, okay, I saw this, okay, on the YouTube. I'm like, I gotta, this is Freddie Boom Boom Washington. And I've not seen Welcome Back, Cotter, but just by playing this clip, it's like, I want to find out where I can watch it on streaming or try to get it on DVD or something, because... I just, I sense, you know, watching the, these older shows, like, watching different strokes and stuff like that, it's just, I'm, I'm in, interested in these older, you know, before I was alive shows. She's like, oh, you mean that show from the 70s? I gotta kind of wonder, like, what shows... I mean, I know, you know, she grew up in Valentine, Nebraska. You know, farming family. Probably always working on a farm. Her dad was probably always watching the news. Or or, or what have you. So maybe she didn't get to like, see a lot of, like, sitcoms and stuff like that. Or maybe she was, you know, maybe she was too young as far as maybe not the age demographic for Welcome Back Cotter. Like, maybe she was, like, in elementary school, and you know Welcome Back Cotter set in high school, so. She pretty much just shot, shoots him down flat. Like, Danny, I just, I don't think Strawbridge is going to go for the idea. Why? Just ask. I mean, like I said, the worst he can say is no. Not to mention, what if he did go for the idea and you couldn't even get anybody, like, Wake up San Francisco, what's that? I mean, you're not going to get John Travolta. This is 1995. He was making... Well, Pulp Fiction came out, what, 94, 95? You would not be getting John Travolta. He's too busy making movies. So it looks like 
Horshack passed away the after Ron Palio? I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name, but he passed away in 2012. The guy who plays Mr. Cotter, Mr. Cotter, <laughs> why do I want to turn this? Um, he actually is still alive. Marsha Strassman playing, playing Julie Cotter, of course, most likely his wife, um, I'm guessing. Uh, of course, I also passed away. She passed away in 2014. We got John Volta. Like I said, he most likely would not be available, I'm sure. We got Robert H-E-G-Y-E-S. He also, he passed away in 2012. Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, of course, you know, he's still alive, so he, I'm sure he would have been available. Maybe. This person's name is Bo D. They might have been able to get Bernie Watson. Um, you know, she plays Verna Jean Williams. I think, honestly, the only reason Becky is even shooting this idea down flat is because it's not up her alley. It's like, eh, no, this is a show from the 70s. I'm not into that. But Danny's like, but Becky, you're the producer now. You get to make all the decisions. And I kind of feel, I mean, exactly like I said, the truth is she, she's just not a fan of the idea. She doesn't like it. And Danny, of course, takes great, great offense to this. Almost like he feels like it's a personal dig at him. And Danny's like, well, this morning you said it was cute. And she's like, yeah, well, this morning it wasn't the producer. It didn't matter what I said. I honestly would, um, if I were Danny, I really would want to get to the root of this problem. Like, Okay, you don't think it's a good idea. Sure, at one point you thought it was cute, but honestly, can you give me a real definitive reason as to why you don't want this to happen? There's, there's got to be another, another underlying issue. Granted, it's just a local San Francisco talk show. It's not like Good Morning America. I mean, pretty much Wake Up San Francisco, the only guests they're going to get are going to be local people probably in the area. He just looks at her like he's seeing her clearly for the first time. Like, oh, so you were just patronizing me. Pants his knee like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm surprised he didn't throw back in her face like, you know, I let you and your husband, who's my brother-in-law, live in my house rent-free. I'm surprised you didn't throw that in her face and say, you kind of owe me, or something to that effect. But no, he um, decides to throw a fit, like a child, and just says, you know what? Then I quit. And even Becky has to call him out on his lunacy here. It's like, what? She does, before this whole I quit scenario pops up, she does say, look, Danny, don't take it personally, okay? I mean, this is my first shot as a producer. I, I really want to do a good job. Oh, she says she's trying to raise the level of the show. Oh, uh, I don't know if I would have used those words. Because now, now he's getting offended. Almost like, oh, okay. It's almost like, I mean, she's not saying this, but probably from Danny's POV, all he's getting is, because he's like, oh, well, excuse me if I've been dragging it down. Because, no, yeah, like I said, he almost feels like this is a per personal attack against him. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was dragging the show down by being a part of it. Last time I checked, we both started on this show together. I, I, I mean, this is, 
they both live in the same house. And it's just, this is worst case scenario. Oh, this is just, I mean, this is, this is not good. That's why, I mean, Danny and Becky, they're not married, but they live in the same house. Can you imagine working together and then living, it's just, the, everything has been great. It's been, everything's been even, even keel, flowing beautifully. But the moment that, that, you know, person that you've been working with maybe hasn't been there as long as you, whatever, that person gets promoted over you, that's a, that's a sock to the gut right there. That really honestly is. I mean, I don't know how you guys all feel about this, but I, I mean, you like smiling, I'm like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine on the outside, and then you're like, oh. I don't want to be anywhere near this person. I think, honestly, right now, what Danny needs is just to take himself away from this situation. I'd say walk it off, go take a drive somewhere, clear your head, and come back. And Because and, what he does not next is going to be so irrational. But he's doing it just out of... Out of jealousy. That's probably why they call it the green-eyed monster. And and Becky is just like, she's so surprised. Like, Danny, why are you acting like this? Well, this is the side of Danny she's probably never, especially when it's being directed at her. Because if you think, I mean, it's one thing to see it from Danny's side. But then it's another way to see it from Rebecca's side. Honestly, it's like you've been given this opportunity. You didn't. You know, say, hey, Mr. Strawberry, he, he, she didn't go to him. He came to her and offered this, her this amazing chance. And now she's getting backlash from her co-worker on top of that. But then again, Danny is like, great, she's still my co-worker, but she's also now kind of like my boss. And he's like, because you've been shooting down all of my ideas. And she's like, I only shout, shot down one bad idea. Oh, she's like, I shut down one dumb idea. Dumb? Okay. That, mm. But then again, his negativity is affecting her mood as well. And now she's kind of lashing out. It. It's like you, he finally gets up off the couch and says, you know what? That was my last dumb idea. Since you become producer, things have gotten totally out of control. And she's like, I've been producer for four hours. You I know I've said this already, but it's like, can you imagine you're, you're a co-worker and you guys are getting along great and all of a sudden they're promoted to, like, a higher position where they have kind of power to, like, deal with the schedule and everything and your duties and everything. That, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I mean, when I worked at um, the video store way back when... I have people that worked at the same, you know, position level than I did, and then they moved up. Sure, I felt a little semi-envious. I mean, I knew I would not be able to be in the same position as they, I, whatever, but it's just, but it was fine. I was never like, oh, I'm not going to do that. You can't tell me what to do or whatever. I'm not going to, no, it's a job. It's a job, Danny. And Danny's like, well, I've been quiet long enough. And Becky's like, you haven't been quiet since I met you. Which is true. Danny does love to talk. This is very disturbing and dark. The way he words this. Yeah, 
well, maybe things would get nice and quiet if I weren't around. I'm like, what? What? Excuse me now? What What are you implying, Danny? I don't like this tone. And she is like, what do you mean if you weren't around? And he's like, you know, not around, not there, absent, lack of presence, no Danny Tanner to kick around. And of course... Becky is just calling out his ludicrousy, like, you'd quit over Horshack? Hey, she actually remembered the guy's name. He's like, oh, it's not just Horshack. No, I'm talking Barbarino, Epstein, all the sweat hogs. And this has got a... I do feel for Rebecca in this scene. I mean, she's like, Danny, I can't believe you would put me in this position. And she tells him, look, I've got a show to run. And she says, if you quit, I'll just have to replace you. I'd be like, okay, damn, <laughs> you know this is TV when a person just quit their job and then it's fine at the end of the episode, because we've all seen this, we know they work it out. Because it's like, think about it, um, damn, you quit, you're giving up everything, your income, your, your metal, your insurance, money to take care of your children, pay for your house. All of that stuff. Because you're angry because she can't, won't do a welcome back cover reunion. Or she won't even think of it. Uh, it's, it's nuts. How many of us in the heat of the moment have ever said something or done something that they immediately regret later? Because, you know, you're angry. You're frustrated. You just want to lash out. You want to throw words at a person. You want to hurt you know, with, with with the words and really, you know what I mean? And I'm just, how many times, when I have, I remember one time and I immediately regretted it afterwards. Um, I got angry with Pam. This was when, you know, I was still living at the house and I got angry with Pam and I said something and she just started crying and I immediately felt horrible, like a horrible human being. Because she is the sweetest person in the world. And it's just... That's why I, I gotta say to this, guys. If you feel in this in a, in a moment where you're worked up, you're angry, you're having words with a person. If you feel you're edging to that moment of saying something you may not be or doing something you can't take back. Stop and go take a walk. I'm serious because you don't just just honestly you 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 feel yourself getting in like that you guys, just think about it just to say hey look I need to be alone give me like a half hour or so you know go for a walk collect your thoughts guys seriously Going for a walk, and you uh, just think about all the stuff running through your head. You come back, you are going to feel a little bit of release because you rationalized, you know, played out scenarios in your head and everything like that. Yeah, just, that's what I'm saying. Just, it just, yeah. Instead of letting things just boil over and having a screaming match and people get hurt, you know, emotionally, just go take a walk. Take a... Take a powder, whatever. And of course, Danny's words to her, well, I'll just have to replace you. She's, he's like, well, then I do quit. He's like, so you just replace away. And he's just, he's angry and he keeps pointing his finger at her. Like, 
He's trying to, like, prove a point. Like, I'll tell you something. You're in deep water, Miss Producer. Because you'll never find another Danny Tanner. I am Mr. Wake Up San Francisco. I mean, like, Danny, the way you're acting right now, I don't think I want to find another Danny Tanner. I think I have too much Danny Tanner in my face right now. Mr. Wake Up San Francisco. We flip to Becky and Phil Blankman, who I'm guessing is the weather guy from the studio, because, you know, they had to replace Danny on such short notice. Just fly solo for this. My goodness. You can improvise. This guy is just healing. <laughs> like a hyena. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. And he's doing the finger guns. Like, <laughs> like okay. And she's like, hi, and I'm Re Rebecca Donaldson. Welcome to the show, Phil. And he's like, I was going to say that. And it's like, no, Phil, that only works if we say it at the same time. This guy is just hamming it up in an uncomfortable way. He's like, well, great to be here, Beccarino, as he elbows her. She just looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> She's like rolling her eyes in annoyance and still trying to be professional on screen. <laughs> the subtitles say it laughs annoyingly. <laughs> She's like, she's just, you know, trying to roll with it and trying to play along and everything like that because, you know, she has to. Like, well, it's great to have you here, Phil Areno. And she like chucks him on the arm. 
And apparently their special guest today is Janet Reno, the Attorney General of the United States. Apparently she's going to be there discussing her career and the new crime bill. And she's cooking chowder. Oh, great. I'm chucking her on the arm, dude. My call. What a weirdo. What did this guy, this guy is a weatherman? Yikes. It's one thing to have pizzazz and be, you know, energetic and stuff like that, but this guy is just over the top, just hammy. And the scene pauses and the, the camera pulls out. We just see the family minus Danny watching this horrible new rendition of Wake Up San Francisco with a temporary host. Even Peggy's like, uh, so what What did you all think? Everyone's just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> you don't want me to be honest here? Uh, <laughs> I love Stephanie's got, like, a plate of celery. And she and DJ are just pretending, like, oh, mine's a Snickers. Oh, mine's a, mine's a Dove bar. You want to trade? <laughs> no, you could kind of, uh dress up that celery with some peanut butter and some raisins and make it ants on a log. You don't necessarily just say, that's just, it just isn't so, like, whenever I have celery, which I can't even remember the last time, and not, if celery's okay, like I said, with peanut butter and raisins. But by itself, <laughs> wash something, gotta get something to wash that taste out of my mouth, that celery taste out of my mouth. And Jesse, of course, like, well, he's, uh, he's perky, and so we said, yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely perky. Jesse's got that leather jacket he was wearing in the opening scene with the boys wrapped around his waist. And I noticed that John Stamos does do this a bit in, in scenes and stuff like that. Maybe not earlier on, but I think, like, later on when he's wearing, like, a lot of, like, the flannel and stuff like that, he's wearing it around the waist. So basically, you know, everyone agrees, perky. She said, well, remember, I, I only have one day to find someone. Being that she's a producer, that's kind of ended up being on her end, because she's like, I can't believe you put me in this position. You have to find a replacement. So her only two options were Laughing Phil the Weatherman or Vampire Vic from the Midnight TV movie. I would have voted for Vampire Vic. Over this laughing hyena. I mean, laughing Phil puts the hyenas of Lion King to shame. Like, it's just... <laughs> I'd rather listen to Ed from the Lion King sitting next to Becky in that chair. Like, <laughs> or how, you know, you know Ed the hyena. Yeah, the one that doesn't talk. Yeah, him. Thinking about the scene in The Lion King where the hyenas are um, in their lair, and of course they got their butts kicked by Mufasa. Oh no! No wait, wait, wait! No, it's after that when they're chasing Simba and Bonsai jumped off that cliff. Well, actually, he was pushed off <clears throat> into that briar patch, and he's like picking out thorns out of his butt, and you just see Ed like. <laughs> trying not to laugh well he's like putting his paws over his mouth he's like it's not funny ed i'm sorry i just watched the scene and i correct myself no it is when they get their butts handed to them by mufasa and 
they're like, you know, shaking and trembling. Well, Bonsai is. And Ed just cannot control his laughter. He cannot control it. Yeah, I could definitely, I honestly, I would take Ed any day of the week over laughing-filled weatherman. A hundred thousand percent. Sitting next to Becky, laughing the whole time. <laughs> and we don't laugh because how could we not? And DJ's like, yeah, well, Phil's the better choice. And Jesse's like, yeah, and he's easier to kill. So Becky decides to just fast forward to this other part. Oh, you're saying it actually gets better? Okay, I'll trust you. Okay, so this is where um, <laughs> Stephanie offers DJ the plate of celery. Like, hell, celery, celery, DJ? Like, yeah, sure. And Stephanie's like, what are you pretending yours is? Snickers, DJ says. And Stephanie's like, dove bar. And DJ's like, oh, you want to trade? It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this thing, I love this scene. <laughs> Have you ever had something that really you don't want to eat, but you eat it anyway? And you're like, like just, pretend it's a, just pretend it's like your favorite food or something. Pretend that granola bar is a payday. Or, um, you know what I really like? And it seems like they're always out of it when I go to the checkout is, um, I forget the brand, it's like D, D Mets, D something or other, and it's like red and white stripes, it's got a turtle mascot on it, it's, um, like turtles, the little, um, chocolate candies with the caramel and the pecans in it, it's just oh, so good. So, Joey, of course, is going to bat for Danny, like, hey, don't you think you and Danny could maybe work things out? And I agree with Becky. She's like, well, I'd love to work things out, but, you know, he's the one that quit. It's like, yeah. If she even goes to Danny and tries to, you know, rebroach the subject to him, he'll probably just lash out at her again. Maybe Danny needs to realize just how foolish acting he was in quitting. And that is honestly what she says here is one of the biggest parts. And it's so true. She says, I think he's just having trouble accepting me as an authority figure. Honestly, that has got to be the biggest thing when one of your coworkers gets promoted ahead of you to a higher level position and they're kind of like your boss. When I worked at um, Rite Aid, we had gotten a new manager and I, it's not like she was a friend, I didn't know her, but because she was a little bit younger than me, I had a hard time really taking her seriously as an authority figure. I mean, I didn't disrespect her and stuff, but in the back of my mind, it's like... But honestly, that's my own problem. That was my own problem anyway. And I like how Joey tells Becky how Danny and Becky belong together. You know, like, they're your guys are the awesome duo. Like, Laurel and Hardy. Like, ham and eggs. Like, weasels and Mick. Oh, for a second. Oh, yeah, the weasels. Yep. My weasels! <laughs> My weasels, I can't believe they're gone. I've lost the will to snack. So, Joey goes off in the kitchen to cry. And... <laughs> Jesse's like, hey, pause it right here. And we see, produced by Rebecca Donaldson. Look at that! Isn't it great to have your name up there like that? She's like, yeah, it does have a nice ring to it. Is this supposed to be Janet Reno? Because it looks like a cardboard cutout. 
I'm sure you're all like, you don't know what Janet Reno looks like? No, I don't know what Janet Reno looks like. But thanks to the internet, I can find out. And it does look like her. Sadly, she passed away in 2016 at the age of 78. That is so sad. So, she was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and she passed away in Miami, Florida. How many people can say that they passed away in the town that they were born in? I don't know. I would say quite a few. I mean, unless you move away and then move back. Becky's face is just so cringeworthy. <laughs> oh my god. In this shot, it's like, ugh. So Danny comes in wearing a sweatshirt. Who knows what he's been doing, what he's been up to. You know, since he's not employed, he has a lot of time on his hands to do whatever. And he comes in like, oh, what were you watching? Jesse's like, oh, we were watching the show uh, The Frugal Gourmet. It's like, oh my gosh, you should have seen it. This guy is so cheap. He was trying to trick a frog into a bag of shake and bake. <laughs> The Frugal Gourmet is a thing. Jeffrey Smith is a chef. Was the author of best, several best-selling cookbooks and the host of The Frugal Gourmet, a popular American cooking show which began in Tacoma, Washington. You know where Danny's mom lives. Or did she end up moving to San Francisco at the end of Granny Tanny and just getting in a, She might have just gotten in an apartment. Anyway. In 1973, and later moved to Chicago, where it aired nationally on PBS from 1983 to 1997. So it was ongoing at this time. Well, here's a picture of him. He's got his chef apron on. He's signing his book. Oh, and he passed away in 2004. That's 65. You know, like I've said before in other podcasts, it's like 65. I look at 65 and I'm just like, that doesn't feel old to me. I mean, when I think old, I think at least in the 80s. Oh my gosh, the sun is out. Because I have the door open because I um had to move my podcasting table, which I'll have to take down, which I put when I put the house on the market. But um, the upstairs, we have the blinds and the sunlight just pours down the steps and into the hallway. I'm like, oh, at first I'm like, did I leave a light on? I'm like, no, that's the sun. Oh my gosh, it's so gorgeous. So he credits his wife because he opened a um a deli and kitchen supply store in Tacoma and he offered cooking classes to the public. Met his wife and he actually credits his wife with originating the name Frugal Gourmet. Oh my, whoa, what is this? What is this? Okay, let's move on from that. I didn't need to see that about that man. So forget the Frugal Gourmet. Um, if you guys want to read about Wikipedia um, and some allegations, you're more than welcome to. Whoa. Now we know why his TV show ended. Whoa. Uh, mm, well, you know what? The more you know, right? If I hadn't watched this episode of Full House, I wouldn't have looked up the Frugal Gourmet. And yeah. Let's just say... It's not pretty. <laughs> but then again, I know Wikipedia is grain of salt, but it's like, whoa. Wow, this just, now that I know this about the frugal gourmet, this just kind of taints this episode now. Well, I shouldn't let it, but. <laughs> so DJ, of course, brings up the fact that, you know, dad's here, Becky's here. Why don't you guys just make up? It'd be a good time to work things out. But Danny, of course, is closed off to this whole 
wake up San Francisco and making things right with Becky. It's like, hey, there's nothing to work out. I couldn't be happier with my time off. He says how he's been getting to do all the things that he's always wanted to do. Really? Like what? Ship in a bottle. What in the heck is in there? I think he's waiting for it to settle. I would love to know how that, I think what it is, because you see that there's a string in there and what it is, I'm guessing it's supposed to be collapsible. So that way the string, when you pull the string, the sailboat actually does, you know, it, it pops up inside the bottle. And then that way it's just easily collapsible when you want to move it so that way you don't break it. Like actually, it's more like a shipwreck in a bottle. Well, yeah. You know, if YouTube existed back in 95, there are videos out there right now on how to properly build a ship in a bottle. Step by step, everything you need. Step by step, building it so it will come to fruition. Danny probably just went by, he went to the library, got a book on ship in a bottle building or something. Wouldn't it be cool if there were like a class at the community college where he could like just take a, a class on, or just even a class on building, you know, ships in a bottle. I'm sure there were. So Michelle comes in, I don't know what she's been, oh, she's been working on this, uh, her paper, you know, for her, you know, bring your daughter to work day presentation. She's like, hey everybody, I finished my report. Entitled, What My Daddy Does. Except now it's called, What My Daddy Did. And Michelle's like, do you want to hear it? And Danny, of course, the sourpuss that he's being right now, is like, oh, I'm sorry, but not right now, honey. Danny! You sit in your chair and you listen to your daughter recite her, her report. You owe her that much. You treated Becky like garbage. You're ignoring your daughter. Stop. You can't even build a ship in a bottle correctly. Because he's like, oh, that was the past. I'm looking towards the future. And Michelle's like, well, what do you see? And he's like, a new hobby as he uh, scrutinizes his crappy craftsmanship. <laughs> so here's what I think. I think that even though Danny quote-unquote quit... I think more than likely Becky probably just put him on some form of uh, temporary leave. Like, hey, Danny just has something to work out and he'll be back. Like, maybe just give him a week or so, a couple weeks. Take it out of his vacation. You know, that kind of thing. Danny's taking his me time right now. He's got to figure things out, like how to treat people with respect. Wake up, San Francisco. I'm Donaldson. Welcome to the show, Phil. I was going to say that. <laughs> Phil, that only works if we say that at the same time. <laughs> well, great to be here, Beccarino. <laughs> okay, that's enough, please. I beg thee. Well, it's great to have you here, Philarino. <laughs> and our special guest today is Janet Reno, <laughs> the Attorney General of the United States. <laughs> She'll be discussing her career, the new crime bill. And she's cooking chowder. <laughs> chowder, chowder. So, uh, what do you think of them? Mm. <laughs> well, he's, 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 he's. 
Perky. Perky. I'd say Perky. Yeah. Well, remember, I only had one day to find someone. It was either Laughing Phil the Weatherman or Vampire Vic from the Midnight Monster movie. <laughs> Phil's a good choice. Yeah. And he's easier to kill. <laughs> I'll just fast forward to this other part. Silly? Thanks. What are you pretending yours is? Snickers. Dub bar. Mm. Want to trade? Oh, yeah. Snickers over Dub Bar any day of the week. In fact, don't you think you and Danny could just work things out? Well, I'd love to, but he's the one who quit. I think he's just having trouble accepting me as an authority figure. Yeah, but you two belong together. You know, like like Laurel and Hardy, like ham and eggs, like weasels and milk. <laughs> weasels and milk. My weasels. I can't believe they're gone. I've lost the will to snack. <laughs> Hold up. Put on pause. Hold up. Look at this. See that? Produced by Rebecca Donalds. You have to admit, it does have a nice ring to it. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. What were you watching? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we were watching that, 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 that nutty show, The uh, Frugal Gourmet. <laughs> yeah, this guy's so cheap. You should have seen him. He, he was trying to trick a frog into a bag of shake and bake. <laughs> Isn't this a coincidence? Dad's here, Aunt Becky's here. Don't you think this would be a good time to try to work things out? There's, there's nothing to work out. I couldn't be happier with my time off. I'm getting to do all the things I've always wanted to do. See, I uh, even made this ship in a bottle. Actually, it's uh, more like a shipwreck in a bottle. Hey, everybody. I finished my report. What my daddy did. Except now it's called What My Daddy Did. Do you want to hear it? I'm sorry, but not right now, honey. That was the past, and I'm a jerk. What do you see? A new hobby. I've got a new perspective on your attitude. All right, so we're going to La Grill to celebrate Becky's promotion. Jesse is again dealing with Nikki and Alex, refusing to eat dinner, and saying, "No, we want dessert, dessert." Well, they're supposed—they're trying to say dessert, but they say dessert. Because clearly Nikki and Alex, they're going to have, what, most likely chicken fingers, mac and cheese, something kid-friendly that they could maybe eat with their hands. So Becky's being genuine here. She's like, guys, I just want to say thanks. It's been really great celebrating with the people I love. Danny, of course, being the jerk that he is right now, is just blowing bubbles into his wine glass. Okay. Joey is right there. I just want Joey to, like, slap Danny upside the back of the head and tell him to knock it off. So, apparently, they, everyone else has already had to... Oh, that's why. Because we get the waiter who's coming in this uh, Pepto-Bismol cotton candy pink waiter outfit asking if anyone wants dessert. Everyone else is finished, so it's almost like they're waiting for Nikki and Alex to get done eating their dinner so they can actually... Oh my gosh, I would be so irritated if I had to wait for a little kid to finish their dinner before I could have dessert. Like, no way! That kid can eat their dinner while I'm having my dessert. He puts that cake right down in front of either either Nikki or Alex. Whichever one's wearing the uh, green overalls. Of course, blue overall twin is a double dessert. 
So Jesse actually takes the silver platter with the cake on it away and says, no, boys, no, berserk, no berserk. But thank you, Garçon. So basically no one else wants dessert. He's pretty much saying no one's getting dessert until Nikki and Alex finish their dinner. Of course, now the boys are like grabbing their spoons and slamming them on the table saying, we want dessert. We want dessert. They're saying it correctly now. They're saying dessert. So why were they saying dessert before? Who knows? And Becky, of course, is trying to yell at them in a hushed whisper like, Nikki, Alex, behave yourselves. If this were a real restaurant setting, no one would be able to hear the other person talk, let alone trying to discipline their kids because it would be loud. Becky, be an authority figure. But no, Jesse, of course, since he's the one that's giving the twins whatever they want, he's got to be the one to lay the law down. So the boys are going to continue this tantrum on the floor. <laughs> the elderly couple, or the middle-aged couple that's, like, sitting off to the side. This guy's, like, just trying to eat his meal. And it's like, great, we get to see the tantrum twin twin tantrum show. The waiter is just rolling his eyes like, oh, and I would be right there along with him. Of course, DJ's like, everyone's staring at us. It's like, yeah, just give them dessert. And Jesse's like, what kind of lesson would they learn? Well, you embarrass your family, you get dessert. I'm like, no, 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 no. They're not getting away with this anymore. So if the boys, like, flunk out of college and say, hey, we're moving in with you, mom and dad, and buy us a fish taco truck, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take care of this right now. And I don't care what people think. So he gets up, goes over to the boys, and since they're wearing overalls, he grabs them by the back of their overalls. This, I take it this lady's husband finally got up and left, because she's just, she's the one who's nearest to them, and she's like, ugh. She just see this blonde lady, you don't even see her face, you just see her shaking her head in disgust. And then the um, middle-aged couple, they're just like, ugh. Like, Jesse brings them over as he's passing by the middle-aged couple's table. He's like, what? I'm just doing a little parenting. Eat your peas. <laughs> so he sits them down on this couch out in the entryway, probably where this the hostess is to greet the income. Oh, yeah, because that's what I want to listen to when I walk into a restaurant. And a parent, like, yelling at their kid. Like, you know what? I don't think I... I see that when I'm walking into a restaurant. I'm walking right back out. I'm, like, I'm not... No. Just no. I didn't come here to listen to that. I came here to... You know, going out to eat, it's a special, special... It's a special time. I mean, it's a treat. It should be a treat. And listening to that is not a treat. It's like, all right, boys, sit down there on that couch. You guys want to kick? You scream and have a big tantrum? Go on, go nuts. I would have taken them out to the car. And, of course, green overall twin is like, right here? And Jesse's like, yeah, yeah, right here. I mean, you can't go in there. That's the dining room. It's like, you know, you can't do it in there. That's the dining room. In here, well, I mean, this is the screaming room, so go ahead, scream. And of course, blue overall twin is like, we want to go back in there, as he points. It's like, well, 
Well, first of all, no. You were acting up. If you promise me you can behave, sure, you can go back in there. But we're, I was just said you're, I mean, they're four. They should be able to understand when a parent says, you will not act like that. How many parents have said, I've been in grocery stores where a parent is like, said to their kid, like, I am not bringing you back here. Do you understand me? This is the last time I will bring you out shopping with me. And it's just like, ugh. It's like, all right, boys, you have a choice to make. Now, you can stay out here, have your little tantrum, or you can go inside, act like gentlemen, eat your meal, and get your dessert. Choice is up to you. And Jesse is standing next to this white stone carved statue of, I'm not sure who this statue is supposed to be of, but it clearly is a woman who's wearing a silk sheet with a part of her chestal area exposed. I'm sure you're all laughing. Chestal area, what's that? <laughs> yeah, we all know what it is. It's her, um, <clears throat> her, her chest area. <laughs> this is a clean podcast and I'm not going to go there, okay? We all know what it is. Girls know what I'm referring to. They're located in the front, just below the chin and above the belly button. That's all I'll say about that. It's like, yeah, and have your dessert and everything will be cool, right? So I, he's just, he's trying to level with them. It's like, you know, you, you can act the way you're acting, but you're doing it here. You're not going out there to be with us until you can be respectful. I mean, just like, this is a public place. This is not how you act in a public place. And I would like, this doesn't just apply to restaurants from now on. This applies to also grocery stores or anywhere in public. You act like this and you're, you're staying home basically. And then until I can trust that you will act responsibly and behave. So he's like, all right, talk amongst yourself guys. I got time. And of course, Jesse goes to put his hand up, realizes where he's putting his hand. It's like, oh boy, that's embarrassing. So we see green overall twin grabbing blue overall twin by the back of the neck and whisper into his ear as it looks like he's trying to put his other hand over his brother's mouth. And of course blue overall twin does the same thing, grabs the back of brother's neck and talks, actually it looks like he's talking just above his ear. Looks like he's mouthing I want to go inside.
scream and have a big tantrum, go ahead, go nuts. What, here? Yeah, of course, right. I mean, you can't do it in there. That's that's the dining room. And here, this is, uh, well, this is the screen room. Go ahead, scream. You can go back in there. Okay, fine. Not like you have you're a choice. Here, you, know. you can stand here and have your little tantrum, or you can go back inside, act like gentlemen, eat your meal, have your dessert, and everything will be cool, okay? Go ahead, guys. I got time. Talk amongst yourselves. Who's not shrieking care for dessert? There's only one dessert for me and it's extinct. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass too. I got a big day tomorrow. Gotta get that chia pet started. I'll have the triple layer brownie with the buttercream frosting. Ooh, that sounds good. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of the bad. Just yeah. indulge. No one else is interested. Okay. If we both give in and eat one of those desserts at the same time, neither one of us would lose. What do you think? I think the one in the center looks delicious. Huh? That's the cookie crumbled cheesecake, and this is the very last piece. Better jump on it. We will uh, not literally. Yeah, so. Bets off? Bets off. <sighs> They're getting their sugar fix now. Woo! They're like, oh, gobbler back again. Dang it. Jeff, <laughs> please. Here you go. Look who's back. We are sorry. Are you really? You'll be good. Yeah, I'd like to see. Oh, they are eating chicken fingers. Jess, hmm? where are our children? <laughs> Just say we came to an understanding. And they go to a restaurant, they act like gentlemen. When they go shopping, they'll be with their mother. <laughs> <laughs> Cheesecake? Actually, that cheesecake was made with our very last tin of vanilla weasels. <laughs> vanilla weasels? Yes, vanilla weasels, the most delectable cookie ever created. <laughs> Weasel crumbs! They're mine! Oh, wow. Because I'd fire you in a minute. 
That'd be fine with me because you and the happy hyena deserve oh, each other. Oh, well, the happy hyena has a good attitude. No, she has no attitude. She's like, you guys are worse than Nikki and Alex. Shut up. Yeah, you are. You guys think I'm jealous? Yes. Well, I'm not. It just bugged me that she got promoted and I didn't. That's jealous, isn't it? Yeah, that's the definition. Danny, everybody gets jealous. You know, you just got jealous because Becky got a promotion. Heck, I get jealous because people have uh, girlfriends. Their own partners. Oh, God. Wives. Oh, Dan, uh, Joey. He's gonna eat his feelings, isn't right. he? Look, I gotta admit it stung when Becky got promoted over me. But I gotta accept it. And I will, because I know she's gonna do a really good job. More like he has been doing a good job. That's nice of you to say. I wasn't mad at you. I think I just went a little nuts because I got passed over in front of Michelle. Yeah, that really should have been done behind closed doors. Daddy, can I read you my report now? Yeah, I'd love that. I'm sorry I didn't listen to it earlier. My daddy was the best talk show host in the whole world. Everyone loved him. He was funny and nice, and he made people choke on their bear claws. Aww. I wish my daddy was still a talk show host, and so does everyone else. Aww, that's sweet. Aww. Danny, she's right. We need you back, I'd Danny. Love you to come back. And the show's not the same without you. It definitely isn't. You're a great friend and a great co-host, and... If I had been a better producer, I would have never let you get away. Oh, thanks, man. Oh. You're, You're the, the best. best. I, I was going to say that. <laughs> oh. So we go back to the dinner, and of course the uh, cotton candy jacketed waiter comes up and asks, would anybody who's not shrieking want dessert? Of course, Joey's going to use this time again to bring up the vanilla herb. No, he says, there's only one dessert for me, and it's extinct. I kind of think that is something. Granted, Joey isn't the one that does the grocery shopping, but you think that's... When I notice that something's being discontinued, I can tell, like, they're running low on it, whether, like, several weeks have gone by and they just haven't carried it. Or maybe they'll clearance it out or something like that. I mean, in this case, I, I don't know. But I'd be like, if I were Joey and I knew that, like, if I got a heads up from the stock person, I'd be like, I am, like, buying a bunch of these. Stockpiling, making sure I check the expiration date. That is a big, big thing. You get the farthest out expiration date. So Danny's like, yeah, I'll pass on dessert, too. i got a big day tomorrow. got to get that Chia Pet started. Of course, Michelle's like, oh, I'll have a triple later brownie with the buttercream frosting. Ooh. And you just see Stephanie and DJ turn in their chairs like, <laughs> mind you, I don't know how long this bed has been going on. Like, maybe a couple days at this point, And they are just, they need sugar. It's like, <sighs> So the waiter's like, well, if no one else is interested, and he starts to pass by, he passes Stephanie and then goes to pass by DJ, and Stephanie, like, grabs his arm. 
No, DJ grabs his uh his arm and they're like, No wait. So DJ's like, look, Steph, if we both give in and eat one of those desserts at the same time, neither of us loses this bet. So she's like, what do you think, Steph? And Steph's like, I think the one in the center looks delicious. So he tells him it's the cookie crumbled cheesecake, and this is the very last piece. So they better jump on it. And of course, Stephanie practically literally launches herself across the table. And DJ has to hold her back like, not literally. We'll take it. Thank you. So they both grab their forks, take off a piece of the slice of cheesecake, and just the just the the relief of that sugar just hitting their taste buds in their mouth is like food explosion. Like, <laughs> I know what this makes me think of Homer Simpson with that. <laughs> They're like bets off right before they put the food in their mouth. And it's just this instant relief comes over them. Like, oh my gosh, sugar, where have you been all my life kind of feeling. Almost, It's almost like they've never had sugar before in their life. And the moment they eat this, it, like, oh my gosh, where have you been all my life? The audience like, oh. Because I'm sure that people that have sworn this stuff off for a little bit are just saying, I'm going to go off this for a little bit. And they come back to it and it's like, I've missed you so much, sugar. Jesse comes in with the twins, like right this way, gentlemen. And of course, the boys sit in their chairs. They apologize, like, we're sorry. Becky's like, Jess, where are our boys? And Jesse's like, oh, no, they're right here. They've just learned that from now on, when we go to a restaurant, we're going to be respectful. And when they go shopping, they'll be going with their mother. Because when they, uh, Jesse puts him in the seat, Becky's like, well, look who's back. We're sorry. We'll be good. And that just, uh, when Jesse comes in with the kids, you get that middle-aged couple, and the guy's just like, oh, God, they're back. Ugh. And they're eating their, their chicken fingers. And I'm just thinking... It looks like they didn't really, I think they might have had, like, maybe ketchup to dip them in. What do you, what is the best dipping sauce for that? I would have to, I mean, barbecue for me is okay. Um, ranch is a good one. Um, honey mustard sauce is another. I know that some places, like, actually have their own type of sauce. Um, McDonald's, their dipping sauces, I like the buffalo wing sauce, I'll dip my fries in it. Um, another one I really got into was hot mustard, but I definitely like sweet and sour, so I can definitely see them. For the boys, I honestly would say, I think because they're young and they don't, you know, have, um, their palate, they're, they're, they don't really have official, like, palates to, like, what they like and what they don't, but anyway, for them I'd say either barbecue, ketchup, ranch, Maybe honey mustard. <laughs> and if they're feeling adventurous, maybe sweet and sour or hot mustard. Well, who knows? Because Becky just looks at this and it's almost like, who replaced my children with pod children? She's like, Jess, where are our children? And he tells her like, hey, we came to an understanding, the boys and I did. When they come to a restaurant, they act like gentlemen. And when they go shopping, well, they'll be with their mother. I love how she just rolls her eyes. She's like, thanks. 
You have a house full of people that can look after the kids while you shop. Come on. Or you can even say, hey, Danny, are you going to the market? Joy, are you going to the market? Can you pick some things up for us? I don't have to bring them with. So DJ and Steph finished that cookie crumble cheesecake in probably under five minutes. And Stephanie's like, wow, that was incredible. Like, what kind of cookies were in that cookie crumble cheesecake? And the waiter says, actually, that cheesecake was made with our very last tin of vanilla weasels. So my guess is either they'll end up discontinuing that cheesecake or they will maybe get another version of, I mean, because clearly it's probably like, what, vanilla wafer tasting type cookie thing, so... They'll probably just find some other vanilla waferish variation and use that. So Joey latches on to vanilla weasels. Like, oh my gosh, weasel crumbs! And he, he literally, you saw Stephanie launch and DJ had to hold her back. But if she didn't, she'd be clear across the table like Joey is. Because that plate is still sitting there on the table between DJ and Steph. And he's like, <laughs> crumbs, I love you. I need you. Like, uh. And it's like, Joey, get a grip. Get a life. Move on with your life. I've managed to move on from the seafood cheese dip. It's been nine years. I still admit I do occasionally glance over in the dip section to see just by happenstance if it happened, if maybe they, they brought it back. But I've moved on. I've found other dips. They're not nearly as good as the seafood cheese dip. See, I'm living in the past. I'm living in nine years ago. I need help with that. <laughs> God, you know what? Honestly, I wouldn't have went to the extreme that Joey went as far as launching himself across the table. But I don't know. Would I be that desperate of to have a crumb of something that doesn't ex that I love that doesn't exist anymore? How would you play that off with not looking like just? reeking of desperation and a little cray crayness. I don't think you can all you could like maybe like hey um can I take your plate? Thanks. <laughs> like oh no the the waiter the waiter's gonna come by and collect them. Yeah but I just <sighs> and it's like here let me brush off these crumbs so the dishwasher doesn't have as much to wash. Um um you know what I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And <laughs> then just <laughs> Work your fingers in a bathroom song. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, it's just, wow, you were in there. Well, I'm, yeah, I was washing my hands, you know? I mean, you got to stay healthy, right? Yep. I love Becky's expression as Joey's just going to town on these crumbs, which I'm sure between DJ and Steph, there are barely any crumbs left because they probably ate them all. But Becky's expression is just like, Oh my gosh, I've seen Joey at his lowest point now. This is really pathetic. He's like, love you more, more. Like, Joey, get over it. Get on with your life. He's like, <laughs> I can't get on with my life. I have no life. And then, of course, another waiter passes by with flan. Like, ooh, flan. So one person asks, I searched this, what does flan taste like? 
flan sort of tastes like a caramelized pudding. Ooh. Or custard flan is a custard. There is a sweet sauce added. Some add the sauce, then the flan is served. Others serve the sauce on the side. Plain flan has a light custard flavor. Some people feel the sauce overpowers the custard. What is flan and where does it come from? Flan, a custard-filled dessert, originated in the Roman Empire, where the domestication of fowl allowed for eggs to be available on a large scale for cooking purposes. The word flan comes from the French word flan, which takes its root from the Latin word flador. I don't know. Oh, ooh, ooh, that looks good. Lady of the middle-aged couple is just looking at Joey like, oh, you sad, sad man. Apparently she has never loved a wonderful food and have it be discontinued like a, a personal, you know, snack or, or something that you love that just poof, ripped from you. She does not know that loss. R.I.P. Meyer seafood cheese dip. So he's like, oh, if there's nothing else, because he's just standing there waiting to be uh, told that nothing else is required of it. His service is no longer needed until they need to get the check. It's like, wait, wait a minute. I thought I recognized you. You're on Wake Up San Francisco. He looks at Danny. He's like, and you're not. Danny's like, oh, God. He just puts a hand over his face. like, oh, can my life be any worse right now? I was like, Danny, you didn't have to do this. You didn't have to quit. And, he, and the waiter's like, say, what's with this new guy? Where did he get that laugh? And Danny's like, yeah, I know. It's like a hyena. And the guy's like, yeah, hyena, that's it. <laughs> like, oh, boy. You know, when I worked at um, Hollywood Video back in 2002 to 2004, some of the local newscasters, I think there's one that I recognized. What the heck was there? Susan, Susan Shaw, I think it was? Yeah. And I had recognized her. Like, oh, yeah. Her. I didn't plan to say, hey, you're on the news. I'm like, no, I'm doing my job. I'm being respectful. She's renting some movies. So the waiter finally leaves. And Becky's like, hey, all right. So he maybe has a bad laugh, but at least he's got a good attitude. And Danny fires back across the table like, why? Because he howls at everything you say? She's like, he howls because now that you're gone, the show is funny. And you just hear the audience go, Ooh. Oh, too far, Becky. <laughs> Danny just gets up out of his seat and walks over to Rebecca like, we are having this out right now in the front of everybody, our family and complete strangers. So he's like, you know, Becky, I'll have you know that I watched the show this morning. I didn't want to watch it, but I couldn't turn it off either. It's kind of like when you have a cavity and you keep sucking air through that hole to see if it still hurts. Like, Oh, Danny! And she gets up and it's like, because they're, I love how they both have a hand on Becky's chair and they're facing off against each other. And she's like, are you comparing my show to a rotting tooth? And he's like, hey, if the tooth hurts, suck it. And she's like, you know, <laughs> it's a good thing you quit because <laughs> I'd have fired you in a minute. They are really throwing, they are throwing down daggers, like, just slamming words at each other. And he's like, hey, that'd be fine with me. You and the hyena deserve each other. 
He's like, hey, at least a happy hyena has a good attitude. He's like, he has no attitude. And now everybody is turning around. I'm sure they're not going to be welcome back at that restaurant anytime in the near future. And Stephanie's like, they're staring again. Like, do something. Jesse is finally like slamming. Like, hey, 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 hold it. Stop it. It's like one more outburst and I'm going to pick you up both up by your suspenders and carry you out to the screaming room. Is that what you want? And of course, Becky and Danny both point fingers like, hey, he, she started it. Like, what are we, five? <laughs> this isn't the schoolyard. You're adults. You work together. Well, you did work. And you live together. You gotta find a happy medium someplace. And Jesse's like, I like that Jesse is like, he's the mediator here with this. It's like, I don't care who started it. Now, come on, you guys. You love each other. You're family. It's like, and you love working together. This thing's blown out of proportion. You know, it's been blown out of proportion because, you know, you got jealous over her promotion. And Danny, of course, won't face up to the fact that I'm not jealous. You think I got, you th You guys think I'm jealous? And everyone, not just the family, but everybody are like, yes. So he's like, I'm not. It just bugged me that she got promoted and I didn't. And then he realizes like, oh, that's jealous, isn't it? Like, yeah. Hit it on the head there, Dan boy. So Joey, of course, throws his two cents in. It's like, Danny, I mean, come on. You just got jealous because Becky got a promotion. I mean, I get jealous of people. I get jealous of people because they have girlfriends, apartments, wives. Ooh, another flan, please. So Joey, of course, is eating his feelings, which is not a good thing to do. So Danny just levels with Becky like, all right, look. I gotta admit, it stung when Becky got promoted over me. So he's actually, he's not just addressing Becky, he's addressing the family. But, you know, I, I gotta accept it. And I will, because, you know, I know she's gonna do a really good job. And she accepts it. Like, thanks, Danny. That's that's nice of you to say. So, basically, he tells her, like, look, I wasn't mad at you. I just, I think I just went a little nuts because I got passed over in front of Michelle, which... That's gotta be, that's gotta hurt. I mean, he wants to appear, and he, Michelle sees her dad as this amazing man and everything, and he almost feels like, because that was embarrassing for him, I get it, and to feel like, maybe even feel like, oh, maybe I failed, like, if he feels like he failed, like he didn't get promoted, you know, in, in front of his daughter, because as soon as, I mean, Michelle's like, hey, guess what, everybody? Becky got the promotion at Wake Up San Francisco. And he, he looked at Michelle and was like, I wanted her to be proud of me. And I'm like, I feel like, Danny, she already is. She thinks you you are the sun, the moon, and the stars to this girl. I mean, granted, yes, she always, you know, her and Uncle Jesse's bond is stronger than anything in the world. But at the end of the day, Danny is her father and she loves him. She's like, Daddy, can I read you my report? And he's like, yeah, honey, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't listen to it earlier. I love this. She's like, my daddy was the best talk show host in the whole world. Everyone loved him. He was funny and nice, and he made people choke on their bear claws. I wish my daddy were still a talk show host, and so does everybody else. And he hugs her, like, oh, thanks, honey, that helps a lot. Like, she's just speaking the truth. Everyone else wishes Danny was back there on Wake Up San Francisco. Becky is like, I need you back, Danny. There is only one Danny Tanner. There is only Mr. One Mr. Wake Up San Francisco. Becky comes right over and is like, Danny, she is right. 
But I really would love to, for you to come back. Yes, the show is definitely not the same without Danny. We gotta get rid of, get Phil the weatherman back to his post. And she says, you know, you are a great friend and a great co-host. If I'd have been a better producer, I would have never let you get away. Th oh, thanks. And he hugs her. Aww. And they're like, you're the best. It's like, I was going to say that. Oh, yo. <laughs> and they sit down at the table and continue. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's like, when are these people going to leave? My gosh, two outbursts in one night. Ugh. I'm sure <laughs> the uh, the manager's like, oh, um, can you, like, uh, not come back? Thanks. <laughs> we need to have a nice, calming, comfortable atmosphere here. And you kind of disrupted that like twice tonight. So, yes, find a, a restaurant reservations elsewhere. Thank you. All right, and that's the episode, everybody. Gosh, this was a, this was a fun one. <laughs> I just had fun. And it's just amazing. And the time that I went through the episode, I've learned so many things. So many things. And you guys have probably learned, you know, stuff about me. You know, my favorite foods that no longer exist anymore. And how I've moved on. And also about the, um, the frugal gourmet. And, you know, other things. So, yeah. Um, let me see. Hmm. Best outfit of the episode. Who is going to get that coveted award? Oh, hmm, you know, I'm thinking, I'm going to go with, I like Michelle's outfit, it's like a cream long sleeve shirt with like a, um, kind of a, um, jumper dress on it. Actually, you know what, on second thought, yeah, let's do that one for number one, and then I want to go with DJ was wearing this these jeans and then um like a a nice gray uh long sleeve sweater top that was really nice so that'll be runner up as far as worst um gosh um I think Michelle at the beginning of the episode with the reddish whatever dress with the um white embroidered around along the collar just not good, not good. Um, runner up is gonna be. I really don't like Jesse's leather. It's like um, I can't really. It's like a burntish, reddish, orangish. I can't even describe the color. It's just I don't like it. I mean, I like when he wears that black leather jacket, but this one's just just. I don't, like, uh, it doesn't go good. It doesn't go good. So, yeah. Most relatable. Do I have a most relatable in this episode? I'm trying to think who would be most relatable in this episode. I never threw a tantrum in uh, a restaurant before as a child or an adult. So I can't relate to Danny, Becky, or the twins. Of course, why did I think of this before? Joey, it's my relatable. Hello, I've been talking about the whole episode. With you know, all my things that I like that eventually like go away and get discontinued because I'm that one percent that likes to eat them. So yes, Joey is my relatable for the episode. Um, 
like I said, lesson learned is just going to go back to what I was saying earlier. It's like before you get so angry that you're going to blow up at somebody and say the harshest words you can ever say to a human being, you need to stop. You just cool off. Go for a walk. Collect your thoughts and come back later. Because those words, guys, once they're out of your mouth, you can't reverse it and take it back. And let me just say, you're going to feel a lot more miserable after if you do that than beforehand. So just, like I said, cool off, take a walk, run through scenarios in your head, play it out in your head, and just see, like, you, there's no winning in that. Like, you can't say, well, I won. It's like, you didn't win anything. What, you won the argument? You just ended up hurting somebody. How is that winning? Just be the bigger person and just take a walk and cool off. Um, in Joey's case, and of course in mine, when it comes to favorite things that you love getting discontinued, just know that there's always going to be something else that you like. That will come along. And sometimes things get discontinued. And just remember, you'll always have the memories. And just enjoy them. Just enjoy the food like you don't know that. Just enjoy food like like they say. Just enjoy each day like it's your last. Enjoy each food like you may never have that particular food again. And you will be fine. Make every bite count. Savor that Mouthful of food. Or stockpile your treats. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, definitely. If you know something, it's like, especially if it's seasonal, stockpile. Get a few bags for this expiration date. Put them in your pantry. You can have them all year long. Like, I get hot Christmas candy. I'm still eating it in March. I get Halloween candy. I'm still eating it in November or December. Which is funny because <laughs> Halloween candy, Halloween's at the end of the month anyway. It's like the next day is November. So, yeah. Like, it's December, time for Christmas candy. But I still have this bowl of Halloween candy I need to finish. <laughs> and then, of course, the same with, like, Valentine's Day candy. And by the time Easter rolls, we're like, gosh, I still have these cinnamon gummy candy hearts to finish. Meh, they're stale. I'll throw them out. <laughs> Alright, so join me August 7th when I do the first episode in a new series, themed series that I'm calling Animal Antics in Full House. Of course, we begin with Season 2, Episode 4, entitled DJ's Very First Horse, where we meet Rocket. This episode aired on November 4th, 1988. In this episode, DJ and Kimmy buy a horse. Jesse strikes out in his attempts to date Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, we're going all the way back to season two. So yeah, from there, and then we're going to move to season five, which is too much monkey business. And then we're going to jump ahead to season Six with episode 21, Room for One More. And then finishing out Animal Antics with You Pet It, You Bought It, season 8, episode 6. And of course, August 19th, the 
episode, I've chosen to honor John Stamos' birthday, season two, episode one, the season two opener, Cutting It Close, where, yeah, Stephanie wants to play barber or salon and accidentally cuts a chunk of Jesse's mullety hair and he's got to get a haircut. And that just goes on to um, more issues for Jesse in that episode. Like, you, he thinks, like, the haircut's the worst thing. N not even remotely close. You can grow your hair back. Let's just say Stephanie and Jesse both learn lessons in that episode. And... DJ definitely learns a lesson, and let's just say that um, Staple Hand also needs to learn a lesson. You don't sell a horse to a 12-year-old child without a parental permission, and I, I, unless Danny already signed that waiver that she could ride the horse, you know the waiver that says if you fall from the horse and something happens, we're not liable, you can't sue us if something happens, yeah. All right, again, if you guys want to email me, the, email the podcast and just talk about your love of Full House and Fuller House, your favorite memories, your favorite characters, email me at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you love the podcast so much, you want to share that love with the podcast, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.